Welcome to Sports Spectrum, the sports and faith podcast that brings Jesus back into the conversation. Here's your host, Jason Romano. This episode of Sports Spectrum's podcast with Eric McLean, the former Clemson offensive lineman, is brought to you by Compassion International. Sponsor a child today, release them from poverty. This is an opportunity for $38 a month. It's a tax-deductible contribution that connects you with a child living in poverty. Medical checkups, nutritious food, health and hygiene training, educational assistance, access to special services like surgery and disaster relief, mentoring to help children discover the incredible value as God's children. That's what comes with your $38 sponsorship. Two million children and their families no longer struggle alone for basic needs because of the great work being done at Compassion International. Through your support and encouragement in Jesus' name, your love will bring hope to a child that will last a lifetime. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum. Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum and sponsor a child today. Today on the show, we welcome Eric McLean to the podcast. Very excited to talk to Eric. He's an ACC Network football analyst. The ACC Network launching August 22nd, 2019. And Eric played his college football at Clemson. He was an offensive lineman there and one of the winningest players in Clemson history. He had 46 wins to his credit with only seven losses in his career. That's a pretty great career, 46 and seven. He had the opportunity to play with his brother, Sean, at Clemson as well. And graduated in May of 2015 with a degree in health science. He played football at Clemson from 2011 to 2015, and his final game as a collegiate athlete was 2016, the college football national championship, Clemson's first taste on the national scene, if you will, losing to Alabama. And this podcast was a lot of fun because we talked to Eric about his Clemson journey about the dynasty that has occurred that he was really in the beginning stages of with the Clemson Tigers. Certainly, we talked to him about Dabo Sweeney, his former coach. And then we get into the faith journey of Eric, which he says it's boring. But man, there is no boring faith journey if you're walking with the Lord. I, I truly believe that. And we talked to Eric a lot about his faith and, and growing up in a Christian home, but then really sort of fine-tuning his faith in Christ while he was in college at Clemson. Good stuff here from Eric McLean. I think you'll like hearing his story, his journey here on Sports Spectrum. Take a listen. Eric, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, brother. I've been following you along your journey and was completely uh, taken aback and honored when when I got your message and, and was super happy to be able to be on the show. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to having this conversation having you on the on the podcast and really getting to know you a little bit more we have you know sort of like you said exchange notes and and kind of following each other on social media but i love this podcast and the way that we can really go deeper and find out about people's stories but let's start with this time of year it's almost college football season it's crazy to think that we're almost there again for another <laughs> year and uh, clemson your alma mater uh, has been now in the college football playoff for four straight seasons you were a part of that first ever berth in the playoff january of 2016 but you also now have a new job as an acc network football analyst where you can't be biased about <laughs> the teams that you watch and see yet you played for clemson so let's 
start, I guess, maybe with the analyst hat for a second. Do you think it would be a failure of a season for the Tigers if they aren't in the playoff again? You know, I, I don't think failure just because I think that's such a, a harsh word. And, and it would be, I think, very small minded to think if you didn't hit one of your you know five or six goals to think of something as a failure. I, right. I think it would be a little bit of a disappointment, obviously, uh, especially the expectation that Dabo and the Clemson Tigers have created now being at four straight uh, playoffs. So I, I do think there would be a little bit of a disappointment there. Not only from a fan base, but internally, you know, from from a, a kid's perspective and these young players that, you know, some of them, this is all they know. You know, the, you think about these seniors, the only thing that they have <laughs> ever known is getting to the college football playoff, yeah. uh, which is absolutely head scratching to think about. Um, and some of these younger, even younger freshmen, the only thing they expect is championships. Um, mm-hmm. So, so when you think of that broad of a spectrum on your team, half the team expects to be there. The other half expects to win it every time. Yeah. It's it's shocking. And so I think, like you said, it's it's not a failure, but definitely probably a disappointment if they don't at least make the playoff. Yeah, I mean, failure is probably a harsh word. I shouldn't ask that exactly <laughs> but, that you know, There's way. a lot of people that think that, that, that would, outside yeah. looking in, that, that and so, even some fans that, that would say it's a failure, you know, because they put all these crazy expectations on everybody all the time. But um, there's no doubt that people that identify with the sport and that, uh, you know, find their worth in it, that it, it certainly would be a failure. Yeah, but that's kind of how – that's kind of what happens when you start winning every year, right? Like the expectations <laughs> are so high that it's like, it's like the Patriots. If they aren't in the Super Bowl, I'm assuming that's a failure in the eyes of Belichick and Brady. And it's kind of the standard now that Clemson has set. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to it's hard to keep that, you know, that difference of, uh, you know, pro and, and college and, you know, the expectations that are set. I think when you on the pro level, I think it's it's a little bit more fair. Right. Because that's their job. That, that's what they get paid to do. Sure. In college, there's a little bit more of a development standpoint, you know, with school and and being created a, as a better man. So I think that's where um I think people get a little disconnected from the pro standpoint, totally on board with if you didn't do this, you know, it was a failed season. But from a college perspective, that's where I can take it back a couple layers. Eric, you were in the beginning stages of what has become this dynasty, if you want to call it that, for Dabo and for Clemson in 2011 when you arrived. Did you see that taking shape when you got there, when you got to Clemson and suddenly you're like, all right, this is this is they're on the cusp of something pretty big here. Did you see that taking shape early on? You know, I think that's that's why a bunch of us decided to come to Clemson, right? So when you look at the season before my recruiting class, 2011, they they had a losing season. They lost in a bowl game to a UFC or a, it was actually USF, excuse me, yeah. in Tampa. Uh, so you know, had had a losing season. It wasn't you know some great team that we were all you know jumping on the bandwagon and say, yeah, we want to be a part of this. You know, we wanted to start it. So I think a lot of us kind of saw that there was some key pieces there the Taj Boyds, the Dwayne Allens, the Daquan Bauer, CJ Spiller, you know, those type of players had been there and were there that we could help build upon. But really, I think that 2011 class was really just a catalyst of guys. I mean, you see the amount of five stars we had in that class was, was head scratching. And really you see that in Clemson's recruiting today, it's normal and it is what it is. But for us to all come together, I think that we knew that there were the correct bones there. We just had to fill it out, and, and you see what it is today. And, you know, super cool to be a very small part of that. But, 
um, you know, what a time to be a Clemson Tiger. <laughs> Absolutely. And kind of watching this thing grow from, from where it was to where it is now has been incredible. I love talking about Dabo. We've had a few guests here on the podcast yeah. from Clemson. Tell me about Dabo. Tell me maybe the first time you met him. Do you have that story in your mind? Do you remember the first time you, you ever spoke to Dabo or got to meet him in person? Yeah, I mean, just such a charismatic guy who's so passionate and just overwhelms you with, with love and joy and, and excitement of what he does every day. Um, you know, I have a ton of people who ask me all the time, you know, is Dabo, you know, what we see on TV? Is he is he the guy or is he just some character? And I say, man, he's he's everything you see and more. You know, he has to filter himself when he's talking on TV. He, he can be, you know, very... Uh, uh, all out when he's talking to us and be so raw and passionate and, and such a, such a great teacher. So really my first interaction with him, uh, was probably a little bit reserved on my side. You know, I had just gone through a, a decommitment with, uh, the university of Tennessee. They fired Philip Fulmer, mm -hmm. um, and, and Lane Kiffin came in and, and, you know, I didn't want to be a part of that yeah. uh, crazy train that was there. So I was kind of you know, I didn't want to become friends with a coach. I didn't want to become close with a coach because I was going to commit to a, to a university for, or a college for their you know, school, for the culture that they had. So really I, it was almost as if I didn't want to like Dabo, uh, because he was expendable, you know, and, and he was a guy that could be gone in a year. Sure. Um, but once you get to know him and, and, you know, a lot, a lot of other people, especially now, I mean, he's, he's untouchable. Um, so you can fully dive into Dabo the first time you meet him and, you know, what a great guy that'll always remember your name, remember your parents' names. And it's just, he, he's a special individual that, uh, you know, I wish more people had the opportunity to meet and talk to him. I've actually heard people in my circles, people I've talked to in, uh, college football and even people outside, uh, from the college football world, but in the sports world say that he could become this generation's John Wooden, which I thought was high praise. But then I stopped for a second and I thought about it and I'm like, that's not the worst comparison. And I don't mean that obviously we all like to be compared to John right. Wooden, but this is a guy who was very open, vocal about his faith, demanded excellence from his players and won. And you're seeing that with Dabo, and especially in the last four or five years of a guy who not only is winning, demands the most from his players, he's passionate but he wears his faith on his sleeve. And that's kind of where I'm going here. He's outspoken about his faith in the Lord. Can you share a little bit about that side of Dabo? I don't know how, how deep you've been able to get to that side of him. Uh, I know you're a man of faith and we're going to talk about your journey in a minute, but have you, does he wear that on his sleeve? Is there a way that he walks the walk of a man of faith and still is able to kind of uh, walk that walk as a coach as well? Yeah, I think that I think that's what's so great about Dabo is the fact that he doesn't have to sit there and read from the Bible for you to think that he's a Christian man. Everything that he does glorifies the Lord, exemplifies the example that we're supposed to be, uh, you know, as disciples of Jesus. And, and I think that's what's so cool about him is you can literally see uh, God's glory in every single thing he does from how he treats people from how he, you know, is eating in the cafeteria for the words that he uses. You know, he's not out there dropping a bunch of MFs or GDs in which not saying that, you know, all of us don't struggle with things like that, but sure. he hold, holds himself to such a high standard um, that everything that he does exemplifies that, or he at least has that mindset that he, he knows. And, and I think as his popularity uh, and, and kind of, I don't know if it's world renowned yet, but at least country renowned, uh, mm -hmm. popularity has grown. 
he knows that target on his back is growing as well. And and it's almost those checks and balances where he can't afford to show weakness or or show this because then it's, Oh, you know, that Christian does this, that Christian does that. And he becomes the negative billboard. So I think that it's, it's been really, really cool to, to see Dabo, to see how he instills his faith again, without overwhelming guys, Mm -hmm. you know, he's not sitting there dragging us to church. He's not sitting there, uh, again, reading from the Bible, it just comes naturally. If he quotes scripture in, in a story or if he uh, can relate back to, to the gospel, he'll do it. And, and it's not, not a problem at all for him. And, and it's not weird for guys. You know, people don't feel uncomfortable um, because it's who he is. And, and he respects everybody's decision at the end of the day. But, man, what a blessing for me to be able to have that basically every day in my life. And especially, like you said, a, a, a man who fully believes in his Lord and Savior, to be able to have that daily dose uh, of that, you know, from the highest, you know, guy of command in your food chain is, is a special thing. Yeah, I remember when Hunter Renfro was on the podcast a couple of years ago and he said uh, he saw Dabo live it out because I think they had lost a game to Pittsburgh. And now my mind is r- running through my brain here, trying to my memory, trying to remember <laughs> if that was the game. I think it was. And he said, this is how we knew that coach was the real deal. He said the next day after losing a tough game, I believe it was to Pittsburgh, he went to church and Hunter and a bunch of his teammates went with him right. and they watched him. I think he's somebody got baptized, something like that in the church. But the fact that he was there Sunday morning and not just, uh, you know, figuring out and, and obviously you hate losing football games. There's only so many and you don't want to you don't want to, when you have a tough loss, you don't want to just kind of brush it to the side. You want to learn from it. But he was in church sure. the next morning and he yep. was living that out. Is that kind of the side that you've seen in this guy who loves football, obviously, but is it making football his God? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, he, he um, is identified as a football coach, but he does not identify with football. You know, I think that there's no doubt that he uh, fully. 100% identifies as a child of God, as a servant of God. And it just so happens that he's really good at this earthly thing called being a football coach. So I, I think that uh, there's no doubt that he expresses that in his daily meetings with guys uh, throughout his career. You know, he, he's more uh, excited and deliberate about developing young men, uh, you know, young servant men instead of just young football players. If you handle all that stuff off the field and kind of internally, the great football player come out. That's how you got there. And, and he knows that, which is, again, a really cool thing about Dabo Sweeney. Eric McLean is our guest here on Sports Spectrum's podcast, the former Clemson offensive lineman, now ACC Network football analyst, the ACC Network launching August 22nd, 2019. Excited to see that and excited to see Eric's work there. Eric, let's talk about your faith and your journey a little bit. Tell us about faith in God, faith in Jesus, and kind of where that took shape for you. Yeah, well, I think it's um, it's kind of a boring story, but I'd rather have it no other way, man. Um, you know, it's your really story. Just grew up. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, when you think of these great testimonies that you know rock bottom occurs and all these these valiant uh, times, you know, mine is is far from that. It, it's something that uh, you know I grew up with a with a very Christ centered family. Um, I was very lucky enough to, to be in a church for my entire life mm. um, and, and just know the good news from a very early age. You know, I think that uh, it's something that I fully believed in since I can remember. Um, and and I've, 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 you know, we all stray away, right? We all have those moments of weakness. But 
Um, I think I'm very lucky enough to say that that has been very limited time in my life. And I've had great examples and, and uh, people to follow uh, to help lead me to where I am today. And I think, again, with my family, with my wife's family, um, we both are just, just very blessed on how we've been able to know God our whole lives and know Jesus our whole lives. So it's something that, again, I say is boring, but I, I, I would rather have it no other way. Um, cause I, I'm happy with, with how it all worked out. And it's been a, an absolute pleasure to be able to, to dump, jump into the lives of other teammates to help, uh, you know, just again, be that disciple and let God's light shine with, with everything that I try to do. Tell me about walking that faith in college. And we've, we talked about Dabo's faith, but maybe how your faith grew playing at a place like Clemson, not just because you played for a coach like Dabo, who's so outspoken about his faith. And obviously he has some guys on his, on his staff who are, uh, believers as well, but just how you grew personally in faith, trying to be a college student, trying to be a college football player. It's really two full-time jobs in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about how your faith was maybe tested and how you grew in college that way. Uh, you know, I think when it, when it comes to being tested, I think all guys, you know, probably go through this or, or the question of why or why me, you know, I had a couple of, um, you know, family members who passed away when I was in college, uh, mm. and who were very near and dear to my heart. And, and, you know, kind of the, the epitome of, of Christian men and women who I've looked up to, who I would call and speak about things, uh, you know, that I had questions about or concerns about. And when that was kind of taken away from me, that was, uh, that was a big why moment, you know, the, these shining lights that are, you know, really fighting your battles every single day, you know, why'd you take them away? So, I think that that was really the biggest hitter for me, but to be able to have the, the circle of friends that I did, um, the circle of mentors, uh, and the Bible study that I had for them to be able to rally around me in those times of need, I think was, was a big step, uh, just to rely on other people and to be weak when you need to be weak, uh, and be strong when you need to be strong. I think as men so often in this society, we are challenged to, um, to not be weak. You know, we have to be strong all the time. We can't talk about, uh, you know, any problems that we have or sadness that we may feel. Um, and that can't be farther from the truth. I think the Bible calls us, uh, to, to be together and talks about how three chords are stronger than one and, and how, uh, you know, the church is, is anywhere that a couple of people are, are gathering. Um, and so really just taking that into a very practical sense, um, and leaning on your brothers and sisters in time of weakness. So I think from that aspect, just being at such a young age and a developmental process where a lot of different things are changing and happening for that to happen in college was a big thing. Um, but then just to be able to lead, you know, some of my brothers to the church and to Bible study and, and all it takes is a simple, Hey man, let's, let's go get some food and talk about this or, Hey man, I, I would love for you to come and, and, uh, you know, celebrate with me and, and have a great time. So I think things of that nature was a, another big step for me, kind of stepping out, uh, of a comfort zone of inviting people. Cause that's, that's tough sometimes. And people, you know, cut, grow up in different backgrounds and different viewpoints to where maybe it's uncomfortable for you to do that. Um, but I think college really opened that door for me, um, and, and really just had a great core group of men and women that we could all wrap our arms around each other and celebrate the Lord. It was a really cool thing. Eric, is there a story that you can share of a player? And obviously don't, don't name names if you don't feel comfortable doing that, but a story of a player that you saw 
really grow in their faith. And heck, maybe they even just came to the Lord through a conversation with you or through some conversations with some other guys. Uh, can you share maybe a story that comes to mind of a guy who just maybe wasn't there when you met him, but man, something happened and God got a hold of him? Yeah, I, I think um, a direct example is that is that Bible study that I was referring to. You know, it started off uh, before my time and, and we kind of kept it going. Uh, every Wednesday night, man, we'd get together at a guy's house and sit around just just men and talk about manly problems uh, or manly problems, excuse me, because that's a, a real thing, especially in college and, and going through the different things that, that a young man goes through while he's on his own for the first time. So I, I think that with that kind of being a group of, uh, you know, five or so, you know, that we started with for about two or three years. And then by the time I left, you know, we got it into the upper twenties, maybe even some thirties sometimes to be able to invite that many different guys to come. And, you know, it kind of started as offensive linemen and, and tight ends, but then it grew to, to all aspects of the ball, man. And even the, the defensive side of the ball, which for some people is crazy to think that those two people interact with each other, but the amount of, of fellowship that we were able to bring, um, and, and again, just getting guys and you'd have guys that said, nah, man, you know, I don't have time for that. I, I have this or that, that, that weren't believers, and you just kept inviting them, kept inviting them. And when they finally came and they saw what was happening in young men's lives and, and they could see the direct examples and, and the positive correlation that would go along with that, and they say, man, I want a piece of that. You know, I, w- I want to find out how that happens. And it's, it's so easy just to say that, uh, you know, com- to, to confess God and, and Jesus is your Lord and Savior. And when you let them in on that little secret, uh, a lot of things change for guys. And, and it, was, it was exciting to be a part of that. A couple more questions here with Eric McLean on Sports Spectrum's podcast. Let me ask you about the college football playoff for a second. You played in the second ever, I believe, college football playoff, and it was the 2016 national championship game, Clemson uh, losing to Alabama. And I wonder, because they were able to come back the year later in Tampa and win it all, but for you, that's like – I talk to a lot of NFL players about getting to a Super Bowl – and then not winning and trying to find something positive out of it. You obviously went that far. It was the first time kind of Clemson being put on the map, but yep. falling short. I think it was 45 to 40, that game against Alabama. It was an exciting game to watch, and, and Alabama was sort of the powerhouse at that point and you know the Goliath, if you will. And at that time, Clemson was probably the David, where today that's not the case at all. They're definitely a Goliath. But right. tell me about coming out of that game, the experience you had in playing in a game like that, but trying to find positives coming off of, you know, such a tough loss. Yeah. I think again, what a, a awesome season for really to be Clemson's kind of introduction to the national platform. Yeah. I think that, uh, they had been right there and we had been knocking on the door and the LSU game in 2012 and then beating Ohio state in the orange bowl in 2013. I think Clemson kind of was, was just right on that national you know doorstep where we're kind of tapping and saying, Hey, you know, here we are. But then that season to be, you know, number one, the entire season when the CFP rankings came out to, uh, to make it to the championship and then again, lose in kind of dramatic fashion. Yeah. Um, you know, it was tough. It was tough to, to be riding on such a high horse uh, for so long and then for your college career to, to be over. For me, the, the saddest thing wasn't losing the game. You know, I'd lost plenty of games in my, you know, playing career when you go back all the way to Little League. You know, we, I had plenty of times where I've lost big games. 
um, the, the hardest and saddest thing for me was the fact that that was the last time I was ever going to wear that tiger paw on a field and, mm-hmm. and compete with my brothers and, and to be able to, to have the sacrifices that we made every single day to, to put on a show, to put on a great game. Um, and so there's actually a really cool picture of me walking off the field. My parents were in the first row. It was really cool and exciting. Um, but just bawling to them. And, and again, it was the fact that, you know, that, chapter of my life was over and it, it was a new new ladder starting at the bottom of a new ladder coming out of that um but again i think what we did the the again kind of the foundation of this run that clemson is on um and, and really for a smaller school you know when you look at it's funny because you know svp and dabo uh a little one-sided but svp was just saying you know dabo you can't say little old clemson anymore you can't say you know, this tiny, tiny Clemson that you are. But when you look at it physically, Clemson is one of the, if not the smallest towns in in the power five. And that's just is what it is. It's a tiny little place that, you know, I think the message is if it can be done here at Clemson, it can be done anywhere. Uh, When you look at the, the amount of resources, the athletic department budget is minuscule when you compare it to the Texas's, the Ohio States, the Alabama's of the world. So I think what we were able to do with all of those circumstances, uh, just again, a shining light in in this community. Mm. Eric, let me ask you about what God is teaching you today, because that's a question we ask all of our guests as we close here on the podcast. What are you learning from God today? Because I believe it's a different day. During different days, we all learn different things. So today, what are you learning from God? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that, uh, you know, for, for myself and, and my wife in this time that we're in this new season that we're going through is, is just been patience and communication. You know, I think when you, when you move to a new place, when you buy a new house, our first house, start new career, start new jobs, a lot of, you know, that can, can kind of fall to the wayside and you start getting irritated because things don't happen. You forget to tell each other things. Um, so I think that that's been a great thing for us to really buy into, to over communicate and, and to discuss what we have going on and, and, uh, you know, in this time and to just be patient with each other, you know, mm-hmm. I, being a, an athlete and a man, you know, we, we can get riled up quickly and, and just knowing that, um, just breathe, just take a moment and, and figure it out because at the end of the day, our teeny little problems that we have here are, are minuscule to, to what other people face across the world. So, you know, I, I think that those have been really two things that, um, you know, have been tugging on, on us and my heart specifically, I think, to just know that this is just a time where you have to over communicate and, and take a breath and be patient. <laughs> August 22nd, 2019, the ACC Network launches. And here we are just a week or so away from the season starting, which is kind of crazy, late August. <laughs> what do you think that's going to be like as you get ready to embark on this new journey and now you get to talk about football for a living and get paid to talk about football? That's pretty cool. Man, what a crazy thing. I never, <laughs> never, uh, you know, would have thought I'd be in this position. I think, uh, you know, a lot of people ask me about it, especially towards the end of my career. Is this something you want to pursue? Is this something you want to do? And I was like, eh, you know, not really. I mean, maybe if it happens. And here we are, it happened. And <laughs> what a what a crazy, crazy opportunity uh, to be able to, to, to discuss and, and talk about something that I'm very passionate about and make a living. Uh, I mean, what a blessing, you know, for, for us and my family to be in this opportunity. And I'm so excited about this network, man. It's been a long time coming. 
Yeah. I think ACC fans have been, uh, you know, anxious for this day. And I think ESPN and, and uh, the ACC did it right. I think they wanted to take their time, make sure everything was, was in order. They had their ducks in order and, and, and wanted everything to be perfect, uh, you know, before the launch. And it's taken a long time, like I said, but it's here. And we are, we are so, so excited. I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful for the opportunity, uh, to not only be able to analyze this great conference and, and, you know, give my opinion on, on what I think is happening from a, a football perspective. Um, but just to be a part of it from the ground and to hopefully look back and, you know, 10, 15 years and say, man, what a cool thing that we were on ground zero of that and to help build in what it is today looking in the future. But, um, again, a, an awesome pedestal for these student athletes, you know, <laughs> something that they deserve, you know, from all aspects, not just the football and basketball, but the women's soccer, the tennis, the, the lacrosse, the softball and baseball. I think what's, what's going to be really cool is the storytelling that is going to occur, you know, the content outside of the game pieces, um, and really just challenge these student athletes to, to be yourself and be your brand. Cause that's what America is going to want to see. So it's going to be a fun, fun ride, and, and we can't wait to get it kicked off. Yeah, I love that you're putting that uh, health science degree to, to really good use there <laughs> in the broadcasting world. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Come on. <laughs> you're an inspiration to us all, Eric. <laughs> exactly. That, that's the epitome of college. Isn't go pay for, for something for four years or do something for four years and do something totally different. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're living the dream. That's what you told me exactly. when I called you up. So Absolutely. Eric McLean, thanks, buddy, for being here on the show. Uh, loved getting to know you. We'll be watching the ACC Network and certainly watching Clemson this year and wish you nothing but the best. Let's talk again soon. Thanks, thanks a lot. Absolutely, man. I appreciate your time. Great stuff there from Eric McLean on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Give him a follow on Twitter. He is becoming a must-follow for college football, especially Clemson football, but now ACC football, working with the ACC Network and an outspoken man of faith in Jesus Christ as well. Eric's Twitter handle is just his name, Eric McLean, M-A-C-L-A-I-N. Lots of great stuff there from Eric on the podcast. Really appreciate him joining us here at Sports Spectrum. We also thank our sponsors, Compassion International. $38 a month gets you an opportunity to release a child from poverty. It's tax deductible, and it really, truly does make a difference in a child living in poverty's life. Makes a huge difference. You can do that through Compassion International. Go to Compassion.com slash Sports Spectrum, pray about it, and consider releasing a child from poverty today. As always, you can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Sports Spectrum and check out our website, SportsSpectrum.com. This podcast, along with articles all day long on the intersection of sports and faith, a daily devotional that's posted every morning at 6 a.m. Monday through Friday to get your workday started right with the Lord. Check it out. All, all of it can be found at sportspectrum.com. And we also want to encourage you to subscribe to our magazine. You can do that right there as well at the website. It's $18. That's it. 18 bucks for an entire year gets you our Sports Spectrum magazine. Four issues. It's a quarterly magazine. We also have a couple bonus issues for you. But for 18 bucks, it's a great deal. Check it out. Sportspectrum.com and subscribe today. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time right here on Sports Spectrum. We love you guys. Have a great rest of your day.